Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Um, welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Jill and Ralph Batesh, announcing the engagement of their daughter, Lexi Batesh, to Oren Altmark. Mabruk, congratulations. Breakfast in the Class is also sponsored by Stephen Radport in honor of the first minyan. May it continue to grow from strength to strength. Azaku Baruch, Stephen. All I'm going to say is you said to the first minyan, but came to the second minyan. Azaku Baruch. We need the support. We need the support. We need to show people the love. Even it's like we just said about the the mitzvah of Yom Tov. You said you know you make sure that the other guy also has the week of cold brew is dedicated in loving memory of Sami Sadlav Shalom Lulun Shpach and Lomben Rivka sponsored anonymously. Okay, Rabotai, and as well if we could dedicate today's uh, class, today's learning, and any mitzvot that come from it, if we could dedicate it as well to the soldiers of Tzahal and Eretz Israel who are fighting uh, to keep everybody safe. Um, they consider it a holy duty, a mitzvah, every moment that they risk their lives to save Am Yisrael. So of course we owe them a tremendous debt of gratitude and it is our responsibility, as we said yesterday, to, uh, to pray, to do mitzvot, to give tzedakah, to do everything we can to fight and to wage the spiritual battle uh, um, from, from here. The Pasuk says, Ele todot Moshe. These are the children of Aharon and Moshe. Nadav Elazar Itamar. What in the world does that mean? It says these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, and then it says the children of Aaron. So Rashi says on this, uh, on this what's it called, on this Pasuk, that they were called the children of Moshe, Kivan Shilimedam Torah, because he taught them Torah. Anyone who teaches the son of their friend Torah, the Torah counts it as if he himself was the father, he gave birth to this child. Why? As in fact, as the Gemara says elsewhere, that if a person uh, has his father, the father's mevio brings him to Olam Hazet, to this world, and his rabbi and his teacher, a person teaches him Torah, brings him to the next world. Rabotai, it's really important, this concept, to understand what this means. Is this something that is related only to people that pray, that, uh, excuse me, that teach Torah as teachers, as rabbis? And I'd like to suggest that actually, this is a much broader concept. So I'm gonna mention somebody just for a second by name, and he's gonna be upset with me, but what can I do? I gotta do what a man's gotta do what a man's gotta do. So Rafi is sitting over here, Rafi Hasbani is sitting over here, and Rafi pushes us a bunch of times to make sure that we have an event, something for the kids to come to shul. Now you have a bunch of kids that are coming to shul because Rafi is saying, we should really have something praying for the kids. We should have something the kids come excited to shul. Now all these other kids of other people who have come to the program throughout the various weeks, they're excited for shul. Who did that? Rafi did that. Now it's true, we, we arranged it, Rabbi Mizrahi runs it, you know, we're, getting, we're trying to get the things together, but the impetus for something to happen is credited to that person. And what's my proof of this? It's true that Moshe taught them Torah. You think they had a father whose name was Aharon HaKohen and Aharon HaKohen didn't teach them? The answer is, even if Aaron did teach them, but Moshe also added something. The fact that a person added nefach or nofach, they added extra, you know, uh, oomph to the mix, that was enough. There's a very interesting idea that's shared about uh, the Pesukim when the Jewish people left Egypt. When they left Egypt and they're going towards the sea, it says, Miriam opened up in song. 
And what did she say? What did she say in the, in the, uh, the follow-up of Az Yashir? She says, anyone remember? Ki ga'o ga'a sus v'rochvo rama'avayam. And the question is, what does she mean to add with that pasuk? And the rabbis share something remarkable. Miriam, we know, was leading the song of the women. The women were singing their own song uh, whilst the men were singing theirs. So you have Moshe, Moshe u Bnei Yisrael, and Miriam goes out with the women and she's singing a song with dancing, with uh, in musical instruments. And she says, Sus And the Mefarshim say something magnificent. Sus what Miriam was pointing out, is you have the uh, warrior who's coming to fight the Jew. I understand why he deserves to go into the ocean. But why does the sus, why does the horse also have to be drowned in the waves? What does that have to do? And the answer is that whilst the rider is the one that is the warrior, and he could have run after the Jewish people on his feet, the fact that the horse got him there faster is enough to make the sus an aider and a better to make them an accessory to the act of war, an accessory to murder. What Miriam was sharing with the women is that we know that the power of a woman in, in, uh, within the home, a power in the woman within the family is to generate and to set the tone for where things are. You have a lot of people, a lot of times the man in the family is very strong, but he's very strong in his gemarakres. He's very strong when he goes off to shul, but he doesn't control what they call the home front, okay? And the woman can actually indicate and can set the temperature for where things go. She can send her husband to shul. She can make sure that her kids are going. She can be the sock, same way you have a soccer mom that donates her time to drop the kids off at soccer practice and this and that. You have the mom that takes the kids to make sure that they go study, to make sure they go to the class, make sure to go after hours. What Miriam was saying is that aside and above from your own uh, women, she was saying, aside and above from your own accomplishments and achievements in this world, there's a tremendous sahar reward to be collected in the fact that you could aid someone, you could further their journey uh, by being for them, so, so to speak, a, uh, a, a, uh, a cavalcade, a caravan to take the people to the places. And I found that to be such an interesting concept that there's there's sahar waiting on the table for us when we inspire others. Yani, you're sitting together at a bunch of people together at an event. All one person has to do is say, guys, should we do Birkat Amazon? All those guys are going to get up and leave. Not maliciously. The music's playing, this, that, you forgot. One guy says, let's do Birkat Amazon. Everybody does Birkat Amazon. This guy just now, he ate one meal but he gets credit for 10 Birkat Amazons. Okay? One guy said, guys, should we pray our beat? At the end of the class. Happens all the time. There's a class going on. One person turns around. Everyone gets up. They're all going home. One guy says, guys, should we pray our beat? I didn't pray our beat. It's enough. Everyone's like, yeah, oh, you know, I didn't pray our beat. One guy stands up at the end of the class and says, Bishud morai v'rabotai. All of a sudden, everyone else gets up. This is an unbelievable power to tap into within the human psyche that when people see somebody do something, they also kind of move along. And sometimes it's a direct response. Should we pray our beat? 
Let's pray our beat. Sometimes it's someone says, let's do Birkat Amazon. But when the guy stands up and just does, um, what's it called? He just makes the Beracha on, uh, on the Omer. He didn't ask anybody to do anything. He didn't put pressure on anybody. All he did was, he set a tone, he set an example, and then people realize, I didn't do that either. They get up and they follow. What an unbelievable thing it is that we have the power to be people that spread good things with our influence and barmanan, also bad things. You had a table with 10 people and you're like, oh my gosh, dahak, you see what this guy did in shul? The rabbi shambled him. You started the Lashon Hara train. All the cars that come after that on the train, they're going on your, your account. Recognize, Rabbi Otay, the power that we have with nonchalant, with just a little word, encouragement or discouragement. You know, there was a young boy in yeshiva. He just started to be in yeshiva. He was living about an hour and a half away, walk away from his parents' home in, uh, in some yeshiva in uh, Yerushalayim. Anyway, casually, Friday afternoon, he mentions to his father, Shabbat Shalom, Dad, you know, for the first time this week in the morning, Shacharit, um, what's it called? I'm praying. I'm going to be the chazan in the yeshiva. The father says, oh, very nice. This is not finished the phone call. Okay? He tells his kid, he says, everyone, Shabbat morning, we're going to walk hour and a half, two hours, to go be there for the first time that he's the chazan in the, shul, in the yeshiva. They all go to bed a little early. They get up in the morning. All of a sudden, they walk into the yeshiva that's on the outskirts of town. There's a hubbub. Everyone knows how far they came. The kid says, Dad, what are you doing here? He says, you think I'm going to miss first time? You say, you say you be the hazan in the yeshiva? That's a memory that the child remembers forever. Look at how important it was for my dad and for my brothers and for my mother and for my sisters that I'm the one leading the service. I'm the one leading the tefillah. You don't know that's something that's an investment in the child forever and ever. One more time. Remember what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk communicates, They're my kids. I shared a story a long time ago about the Shlomo Zalman. And with this we'll end. We'll keep it short today. I have to go be Menachem Avel. Okay? Rabotai, the Shlomo Zalman was asked a question one morning. The question was, they called him up and they said, Rabbi, we have... Uh, we have a bar mitzvah boy. It's a week, one of these weeks where you have the extra uh, parasha or, you know, the, the double whammy, or, uh, you know, one of those. And, and um, we made a mistake. The bar mitzvah boy prepared the reading and he prepared the haftarah, but it's of the wrong parasha. What should he do? Shlomo Zalman said, tell him no problem. No problem. They could read the other haftarah. They can read the wrong haftarah, Yani. Okay? Anyway, fine. Shabbat morning comes, he tells the boy, the boy feels upset, but you know, that's what the rabbi said. Um, eight o'clock in the morning, who turns up in this little shul in the middle of nowhere? Rav Shlomo Zalman, 85 or 90 years old at the time, he walked an hour, an hour and 15 minutes to pray with them. The father comes running over to Shlomo Zalman. He said, Rabbi, why did, why did you walk all the way here for the bar mitzvah? Shlomo Zalman said, I thought after I hung up the phone, you know, that maybe when your son goes up to read the haftarah, someone's going to say, no, no, wrong one, wrong one, change it. And then you're going to say, oh, da, 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 da. the rabbi said they're going to say, no, 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 call someone else. Now the kid prepared, did all this preparation. 
for this wrong haftara, they're going to yell at him, scream at him, and then he's going to read, not going to read it. He said, so I came myself. So that when he reads the haftarah, if someone says something, if Shlomo Zaman Orbach will stand up and say, no, no, let him read, it's fine. Who, who thinks like this? But the answer is, in that moment, this child and this man became students of Rav Shlomo Zaman in the way he taught the midot and the sensitivity a person has for other people. Rabotai, I remember one Mishnah in Avot, and this Mishnah haunts me. The Mishnah says, Hevemi talmidav shel Avraham Avinu. That's another Mishnah. Be from the students of Avraham Avinu. What are the students of Avraham Avinu like? The Gemara says what they are. Ayin tov, ta-ta-ta. Don't be from the students of Bil'am Arasha. Who's Bil'am Arasha's students? They're like this, they're like this, they're like this. Ayin ra, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta. I thought to myself, you know, the same way Avraham Avinu has Talmidim, Bil'am Arasha also has Talmidim. In the Yeshiva HaKedosha, Shal Bil'am Arasha. B'nai Bil'am. <laughs> you know, you have... You have B'nai Yitzchak, you have the shuls, you know, B'nai Yosef, you have B'nai Bil'am. You know, that's a, you know, that's what we got over there. Yeah? My friends, listen to this. I thought to myself, first of all, who's going to go and sign up to be in a yeshiva, to be a student of Bil'am? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? You know, Ahmadinejad. Look guys, I'm collecting, I want to start a yeshiva. What are you going to be teaching? Oh, we're going to teach people how much they have to hate the Jewish people. It's very, it's very important to have. You know, and we're teaching that there's a big sin called Sinat Chinam. Ahmadinejad is teaching the biggest misvah in his book is Sinat Chinam. <laughs> hating the Jews, right? So he has a big shiur, Rabotai, the importance of Sinat Chinam, hating the Jews. Okay, fine. So is that right? Is that what's going on? I think the answer is no. The answer is that every person has within their own life experience the opportunity to start a yeshiva called the Talmideh Avraham Avinu, or you could start a yeshiva called Talmideh Bil'amarasha. What are you giving off? What messages are you broadcasting? Again, did they have a special father, these boys? Nadav Aviu Elazari Tamar? Aaron HaKohen. Now, I just want to point this out again. The Torah tells us about Moshe and Aaron. It uses the, Hashem Moshe Aaron. Why does it speak to both of them together? Says the Gemara, to teach you that they were shikulim him. That Aaron and Moshe were equals. That you could put one in front of the other, or the other in front of the one. Aaron was on the level of Moshe Rabbeinu. Nadav and Avihu, they're not Kiruv opportunities. Yeah, I found these guys, they had no connection to Judaism. And Moshe starts inviting them for Shabbat. Guys, let's sing Lechad Odi together, right? You have a Kumzit. What are you talking about? Their father's the Gadol Ador. They don't need any outside influence. But the tiniest bit that they learned from Moshe, the little extra inspiration, the little faster that the Sus got the rider to the water, that was important, that was invaluable. So the question is, arises in every single day, what students am I creating in the world? Am I teaching people through my actions, through my encouragement, through the things that I say? You know, what am I teaching people? I remember once I was trying to point out, it was in a class with a bunch of people that I'm very close with. And they're very, they were very learned people. And in the class I was trying to explain that a certain rabbi, he had said something, 
and that actually there was a danger in what the rabbi said because it could turn out that if people understood it the wrong way, this is what would happen. So I was just, because these were people of a level, and I was just explaining to them that this is the correct, what I felt was the correct Torah perspective. The guy, as soon as I finished, he's saying, you're absolutely right, Rabbi. You're I started crying. He said, Rabbi, why are you crying? I said, did I say you're Did I say I don't like the guy? Did I say he's a bad person? Did I say he's an evil person? What did I say? I said the rabbi came out with a ruling, and I disagree with the ruling because of this reason. The fact that I disagree with him means that you should use the word Yemach Shemo, his name should be obliterated. He says, so why are you crying? He goes, I'll take back the Yemach Shemo. <laughs> I said, I'm not crying about your Yemach Shemo. I'm crying that the way I put it out could have resulted in you thinking that the next words that should be said were Yemach Shemo. Our words have incredible impact. Our deeds have incredible impact. Not just on our kids, on strangers. You know, there's some people who love to be in shul. Stephen's a guy who loves to be in shul. He doesn't love to be in shul very, very long, long, long time. But he loves to be in shul. You know, if you see some people in shul, they look like they're having a gas. They're having a great time. He has a tefillin on, his talet on, his glasses are here. Like, he's like, where are we going? We're starting, right? But he's involved. He's having a good time. People see a guy in shul enjoying himself. They relate to the shul like an enjoyable place. People see that one guy in the back. Rabbi, one guy on the side. One guy, Rabbi! What does the kid learn? That the way you relate to shul is, I want to get out as soon as possible. I need to leave. Can't be here. That's a tremendous responsibility. You've created Talmidav Shel Bil Amarasha. That's the exact. Inadvertently, you didn't even mean it. May Hashem bless us always uh, to do the right thing. You know, there's a tiny difference in, in the sound between sas, sas, when do we say sas? At a brit milah. Sas anochi al imratecha ki shalal rav. I rejoice about your words, right? Ki shalal rav, as if I found a great treasure. The good side is sas. Joy. I, I, found, I found the mitzvah, I'm over the moon. The same sound of sas is the words that Miriam says, sus v'rochvo. It sounds almost identical, sas and sus. Sus is the one that brought the rider to come kill the Jews. Sas is the one that makes every Jew realize that if you're doing a mitzvah, you should feel alive, you should be dancing. What are we communicating with our actions, with our faces, and with our deeds? Baruch Adonai Amen ve'amen